The Kuzari has led us on a very long journey through the highlights of the Sefi Yatira. And he's explained to us sometimes in a more Kabbalistic way, sometimes in a more uh, scientific way, the various principles of Hashem created the world based on the Messiah of Kla Yisrael, which is really the, what's re- he brings reference to the Sefi Yatira the whole time. Imagine tonight we're going to complete the discussion. And uh, he's going to address the, the tremendous question which obviously anybody who delves into the topic of the creation has to re- resolve or understand. And that is, how do we have a, concept, a transfer point of something which is spiritual to something which is non-spiritual? In other words, we can understand that Akkadosh Baruch was a spiritual entity and it creates things of spiritual nature and whatever level they might be. But something non-spiritual is something which is uh, a completely new concept. It's, a, 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 it's not a continuation, it's not a lesser level of the spiritual, it's something new, it's something radically different. So how does that happen? So here the, we spoke about previously the fact that Kodesh Baruch speaks and Hashem's speech creates. And uh, when we're talking about energies and we're talking about spiritual combinations which have a certain effect. Now we have to discuss how does that come down to the physical level. And over here, the Kuzari is first going to explain um, Amasar, the answer to this question. And after he's going to tell you what the philosophers say as something which they also try to explain. And he's going to try and show why the Messiah of Kali uh, is easier to understand and is less problematic and even without the Messiah, but just in terms of the concept then what the philosophers say. And that brings brings the end of his discussion of what the king asked him to explain how we understand the creation. This will bring him to the end of that very lengthy discussion that he's we've been learning together. So the Kazari says like this, again we're holding towards the end of Ice Cafe in the Bayan and Harabi. In this print it's page 126. And he says so discussing how Hakodish Baruch speaks and how that speech is a creation. And how the combination of the letters of the words is the combination of the energies which make up the nature of whatever it is that HaKadosh Baruch is trying to create. It says, Obviously, you're talking about Hashem's speech. It's something of a spiritual nature. It's something which is rooted in Seichel. And the Malachim, if they, the ones who are being addressed, and the way the ones who, have, who so to speak, bring what Hashem says into fruition, so then again, they're understanding Hashem on a spiritual level. But says of Kuzari, even though that level was still a spiritual level, but they were, were aware of what was going to happen when it came down to the physical world. And how the Dibra of Hashem descended to the stage where it could come down to create the world. And therefore, since it was necessary for there to be a physical world in a way which would uh, would be the place where Hashem's Ratsun would play out in the physical level, so, so therefore, there's a, a part of what Hashem created with His Dibur was the spiritual world, and part of what Hashem created with His Dibur was the physical world which He wanted there to be in order for that in order for Hashem's plans to be completed. And therefore, what the Kuzari is telling us, 
is that the same names of Hashem which create and create on a spiritual level are also create on a physical level. If uh, what, what the means of creation is Hashem is waiting something to happen is what's going to make it happen. So then just like that can happen in the Shemayim, it can happen in the Arif. Just like it can happen on a spiritual level, it can happen on a physical level too. And that's what he says, B'Shem HaNichbod HaSichli HaNais L'Shem HaGashma. Using Hashem's Shem HaNichbod, which is on a spiritual level, but in a way which it would be knows, which would be appropriate for it to be translated into a physical Metzies, so that's what Hashem did as well. And therefore, if we're going to take a step back and explain how the Kuzari explained the idea of where did physicality come from, so the Kuzari says it comes from exactly the same place that Ruchnis comes from. What Hashem wanted to be is going to be. If you what Hashem wanted to be is going to be. And if Hashem wanted there to be a spiritual world, and therefore the, he's going to use the various purpose that he's going to combine to make a spiritual world, by the same way he's going to make a physical world, and he's going to combine the kaychas, which are again a product of what Hashem says to make a, to make a physical world. Can there be any other explanation? Well, we're going to see what the philosopher says, and he's going to come and argue with that. If you take three letters of Hashem's name, Yod Vekein, Vav, which we already said before, even though the four letters of Hashem's name, that the Ma'is said the Hay repeats itself. And if we're going to look at the possible combinations of the three letters, Yod, Vav, and K, there's six possible combinations, uh, or sorry, 12 possible combinations of the, the of, of the Hay is two letters, or Rashi and Yod? The Hay, we take two Hay's in Hashem's name, Yod, K, Vav, K. So normally, if you have four letters, you're going to get 24 combinations. But if you're going to, but that would be because let's say you have yud k1 vav k2, or you have yud k2 vav k1. But right. if, you, if the hay is the same thing, then you're going to see it as uh, there's less things. possible less possible combinations. So right. that brings it down to 12. And if you're going to take the first three letters of Hashem's name, yud k vav, so there are only six combinations. And those six combinations create the six dimensions, as is known in Kabbalah. That uh, the idea of forward, backwards, the two sides, and up and down are connected the six, so to speak, sides that they are in a three dimensional world. That's called Vav Those are the Vav And those are comes from the three letters of Hashem's name, Yod Vav. And the different options of how we combine the Yod Vav is the six sides which we can relate to. The final He is what's called the He Chalakhaydish, which is the center point. So then you have the Yud Vav on in each direction, in each possible combination of the six sides around. And the second He is the point in the middle, which is called Shabbos Kodesh, as they call it the Malchus. So whatever you're going to call it. Bedet, Aaron Kodesh. That's the way it works. And he explains this here in Kuzari? He explains that, yes, he goes through the six computations Yud Kevav, Yud Vav Kei, Vav Yud, Yud Vav, Yud Kei, Vav Kei, Vav The six options. Kiyadu, um, for people who try to. Uh, connect our mitzvah observance to Shem Sakodesh, people who are influenced by the Kabbalah in that way. So to do it, that shaking the Lulav in the six directions, a person is meant to think each in each direction he shakes the Lulav of which of these six Shem Sakodesh in that direction he's uh, applying it to. It's only by the Seder plate, there's six things on the Seder plate. And you plate. bring it back to the center. You bring it back to the center. So by the Seder plate, you have six items on the Seder plate. Which are meant to represent the same six sides. And the way that is, I want to say for it to look is we have, uh, like, it's set up in such a way that it's representing the six sides, with the center point being the matter. So we have the charesis and the saltwood, the chazeris and the, uh, the, 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 the
and the matter of the It's the same idea, which is, uh, in other words, the way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu creates a physical three-dimensional world is also using Shemus Hashem, just in a way where he's combining it to create the physical world. Each of these six names of Hashem is one of the six uh, signs that are in this world. That sets up the physical world in a way which is also using Hashem. The Master says, because I know that I haven't answered everything. In other words, we can explain that HaKadosh Baruch Hu's speech creates physicality. But you're going to ask, how does it do that? So he says, I haven't answered that. Either it's too difficult for us to understand how something can be transferred from Ruchis to the Kashmir, or we aren't maybe something which is understandable, but we aren't able to understand that, or both. And because it doesn't disturb me. If I wanted to know where physical things came from, they came from the Dvar Hashem, they came from Hashem's speech, like everything else. And how exactly does that happen? How does Hashem's speech uh, transform into Having physical materials, like we, we don't understand that, we don't have to understand that. It doesn't make a difference. We don't have a question where it came from. But even speech is not physical. Even speech is not physical, but it's how does speech create physical? Okay, so it happens. Because I wasn't bothered by that question. Now, now is going to contrast that with the way that the Aristotle explains how physicality came to be. And now he says, Well, don't mean just to recap the way Hashem did it is. I was going to explain how the philosophers understood this. Uh, there is a principle of philosophy here, but he's going to prove how the way they applied it doesn't make sense. He says like this, Similar to this is what the philosophers also try to understand. This transformation from spiritual to physical. And uh, what they, the philosophers, and after analysis, they came back with the following understanding. And they said, that one being, being Hashem, can only create one thing. Otherwise, it would be two different. Either physical or spiritual. So now I'm talking spiritual still. And therefore, if something which is uh, is only one, Hashem, can create something only similar to itself. So it's one thing. Therefore, the highest malach, or the highest spiritual entity, which is creatable, that's the one thing Hashem created. This Malach, which is now the first thing Hashem creates, now this has two aspects to it. Number one, it knows itself. Number two, it knows its creator. Knows? It knows that he is creator. It knows that he has a creator. So now the Malach has a certain expanded awareness which the creator didn't have. The creator only was one, and they can only create one. The Malach he created has to know two things. That it's created, and that it has a creator. And therefore he says, yes, the Shemidus, he knows himself. That's why we created him. And now that he knows two things, he can create two things. And therefore, this man can create two things. And uh, this is the outcome uh, we could maybe rationalize with such an idea, but now is where the philosophy gets stra- yeah, takes a, like a detour from what has to be, and it says like this. He says the two things that the Malach creates are another Malach. And the reason for that he's going to explain is because just like it's uh, knowledge, Hashem's knowledge of himself creates Malach, the Malach's knowledge of itself creates another Malach. The and Malach's of, of itself creates another Malach. And the Malach's knowledge of its being created creates a Galga, which means creates a, a, a we're, we're talking about various 
levels over uh, we can't spoke about a gal gal is like one of the wheel. it's not really a wheel but we're talking about like an orbit of a planet so we're talking about one of the the, the levels of we see circling the world in other words like we said a gal is something which is a result of something else so if he knows it's a result he can create a something which is also a result the gaga an orbit the ganke bemash has his combination what he described him in the Malach Shaini, that's most of the wrong way. What he got from the fact that he was the bar, he's coming from a bar, so he had Makas on the Malach, when he's his Kometz Musa, he's Chayv in the Galga. That creates the Galga, right? And then what's that Galga? So he takes the seven planets that he knew about. As Kida, you know, we know the more than seven planets. Aristotle didn't know about Uranus or Neptune, he knew about seven. And therefore he talks about the one furthest away, which he knew about, which was Saturn. And he said, therefore, the Malach creates the Galgal of Saturn, which That's is the furthest. That's our Chanukah, yes. So he didn't know about himself, he knew about it from the Yiddish Yes. So he says, therefore, that he sees as being the most distant Galgal from the world, what he about, and therefore that's the first thing that the Malach creates. Now, the next Malach creates it again. He knows about it, in fact, it was created, so he creates another Malach, and he knows about himself, so he creates another Galgal. And this goes level by level until you get to the Galgal, which is the orbit nearest us, which is the Erech, <coughs> the Erech, the moon, which is the nearest Galgal to us. So that's, each Malach creates one level. So the, after the Galgal creates a Galgal. No, the Malach, each level down, creates a Galgal. So you have a, a lowering, sorry, so maybe not lowering, but coming closer to earth, each one a level below or nearer to us than before it. Each level creates the same two? Yeah. Yeah. Now each Malach. Each Malach creates another Malach and a Galga. Why can't he create more? One can create one, and the second can create two, and then the third can create three. No, but it's also coming from himself and with the dice on top of him. So he can create two, two. And therefore, he, so now this is completely clear. Why? For two reasons. But firstly, <laughs> what? He just made it up. Right. <coughs> the first is clear, which I'm saying the Ica first, because uh, Malachim don't create anything. And to say that there's like a staggered creation, each thing creates one more thing is not true. I shouldn't create everything. <coughs> Aristotle couldn't wrap his head around such a thing, so he has to like break it down into lots of little levels where each one creates one thing. And so the more important he's coming part, from a pagan background, and that's where he... For sure, it's a pagan background. But for more than that, he doesn't answer the question. Because you have the same problem as before. A Malachi, if you're saying something spiritual, so how does he create something physical? And the Galgal he's talking about, whether it's he's talking about one of the planets, is a physical entity. So how did you do that? How did you cross that barrier? Anyway, so that's what Aristotle said, and uh, the Gavari speaks very sharply back. He says, And they were seduced by him, as they thought he must be right. They thought that this was, uh, that this understanding, which they thought came from the philosophers, uh, was like, wow, that explained everything to us. And he said, perhaps some people weren't thinking. They got taken in by the fact that Aristotle said so, so they thought it must be right. So then he's going to shoot full of holes, like it's kind of this far. But there's a time, the greater embassy, because not enough to say anything. And Maxim will never come upon him. There are lots of questions we could ask on this rationale. Why would it have to be like that? That each level creates one. Is that because the first cause, which means Hashem wasn't able to create more things? Which is, that's the cure. In other words, to say that Hashem could only create one thing, because he's one, he can only create one, and therefore Hashem couldn't create more. So that's the first thing. That's, that's not true. Kach Baruch can create everything. Why would Hashem have to create 
Well, may I ask Adosa, how Malach Harishan Dover Echel? And if that's the case, if now you have the Malach and the Galgal, and each one can understand, the few areas uh, Aristotle wanted to say it, so then why is there two on the next level? There should be four on the next level. Because the Malach and the Galgal both produce two things. But yet, Sir said, the things which come from Shabta, if he's calling that the first one, should be four. Besides which, the very premise that Aristotle started with, and there is the knowledge of oneself creates the Galgal, the knowledge of uh, what's created him creates another Malach. Where did he get that from? And uh, that uh, what Aristotle claimed is that his knowledge of himself creates a Galgal and his knowledge of his cycle creates a Malach. He said he made that up. Where did he get that from? And the Chlal, uh, where did you see it? It's got to do with the planets. And therefore he says, uh, sometimes when Aristotle doesn't have proof of things, he, 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 he developed his own Mahalach, uh, his own interpretation. Which wasn't true to the principles of philosophy. You know, it wasn't something which he, which he could prove, or has a rational reason. And uh, that's why the the Kuzari only brings this point here, and here he's willing to argue, because when we, we discussed philosophy before, there were things which may, maybe has a have a logic to them, or things which can be proven to a certain extent. But over here he says, when, when it gets to the realm of something which isn't provable, so they just made things up. Well, they thought it has no basis, there's no reason, so why should we accept such a thing? Uh, it's, not, it's not based on, it's like, for example, there's a certain, today in science, we don't have philosophy so much, in science, there's some things which are provable. Trial and error, we can prove it, we can explain why it's happening. And then there's a certain stage where, let's say, we've gotten to the frontier where we don't have the proof for the next level, or we can't explain it even. So do we stop there and say, well, we don't know beyond that point? Or do we just invent an explanation, which... Doesn't hold water. There's no, you have, you, it's something you can't prove. It's something you don't know. You, it doesn't even. You can't even explain. At that stage, it's, it's beyond the realm of of medicine or of science. Whatever it's going to be, it's speculation. And it's interesting that the person to make this critic is the Rashman. The Rashman is Chilis. He was asked, "What's the difference between uh, medical practice, which is permitted, and things which are superstitious?" Because there are always people who have ideas of this will heal you and try this and this works and it's superstition. What makes something medicine? What makes it superstition? So the Rashmo Batsum, he, he has a third exception, but he has two principles which he lays down as the difference between what's considered medicine that a person is allowed to do and what's considered nikhush, which is superstition, which a person is not allowed to do. And we've passed that as Rashmo until today. When we came to Rabbi Yashif with questions about various alternative practices which people try. So what are the rules of what's most and what's also? You just went straight to the Rashba. That's the, that's, the, that's the guidelines. So what does the Rashba say? The Rashba says two principles. The first principle the Rashba says is something which you can explain. If I explain to you the system of how it works, so that it's something which makes sense. It's not, there's, it's not something which has no rhyme or reason. I can explain. There's a system how the body works. There's a system how the body reacts to certain things. And therefore doing this is going to have an effect. And if I can explain it, so then, uh, it's something which is in the realm of Chachma. Whereas something which I have no idea why it's working, I can't explain. I say, just try it. It works. That's not medicine. That's Nechosh. Uh, that's superstition. That's but but if, if you do clinical trials... Oh, one second. That's the first rule of the Rashba. The second rule of the Rashba is, even something I can't explain, but I can prove that it always happens. 
So I don't know why it's happening, but I can see this is a system which I can prove. And therefore it happens again and again and again, so I can say it. I don't have the explanation, but I have the fact. So if I have either one or the other one, either I have the way that I can explain it, which I can make sense, I have a, understand why it's like that, or even if I can't explain it, but at least I have the fact. So I can prove that this is what always works. So either of those are considered part of the teva, which a person is allowed to do to heal themselves, that's considered medicine. Whereas something which is neither one of those two factors, in other words, there's no rational explanation, and there's no, uh, there's no consistency if it's going to work or not work, that's the gather equals nechosh. So it's interesting just to give you an example. Uh, Rashmi himself gives an example of what, uh, what he wanted, and if you think about it, he's actually right. Um, the the, the Rashmi example of something which he says we can prove works, even if you can't really explain it, is magnetism. Is what? Magnetism. The fact that magnets attract. He says you can see it will always happen. Again, the same, the same things will, north and south poles will, will always attract, others will repel. He says we aren't going to be able to give you a logical reason why it's like that, it doesn't make a difference. It happens the whole time. We can, so we can work with it as a, something in the brain. Um, there are other things like that as well, which even in medicine, that they know we do this, it works. We don't always know why things work. It helps. But that's, that's not something which, uh, which we can explain. It's part of the understanding of how we understand things. And therefore, this makes sense. This should work as well. And, and we can try it. And those are the two frontiers which Basin. Um, human knowledge has to work with. Either understanding or what we've discovered from trial and error, from exploration. When we get past, past that point, you know, something which we can't explain and we don't, also don't know for sure. If you can, then we're in the realm of either guessing or superstition, one or the other. And therefore that's where we're at, so we're not meant to go beyond that point um, because we don't, we don't really know. But again, uh, the philosophers uh, couldn't admits not understanding something. So that's that they had to create, let's invent their own ideas. And that's why the Chachm's argument says, what they're saying makes no sense. The principles which they're laying down as good of facts, they're not going to prove it. Malach creates itself in the Galga, where do they get it from? And why should it be like that? And uh, it's, it's, it's neither a spara nor a, nor a provable fact. And that's why he says that if that's the world was influenced by Aristotle, uh, comes to that Moscow of how the world is created, so then it's not a, it's not a viable alternative to what, what we have in Amrzai. And therefore the Gazara sums up what he says. And he says, the reason I explained to you all this background of Sefi Yitzira and Hashem's famous work in Hashem creates things in different stages, you shouldn't get put off by the, or surprised by why it's different to the philosophers. And if you follow the philosophers, things will be more clear to you. It's not true. But you go into Dachas Akasha. And here are two points. It's all the things the philosophers say. Number one, there's no sphere, there's no logic in it. And number two, which means things that I can prove. There's no proof and there's no logic, so it's going to accept. And this is the last point. The different philosophers didn't agree with each other either. So it wasn't like there's rules in philosophy and we're all going in the same route. All the schools of philosophy, like he's going to bring them all, um, Bantam argued about this point. And therefore it's just to prove that each body, everyone is just suggesting what they think without any kind of uh, way to back it up. Why? Because it's understood that if you're going to discuss something logically and I have a logical reason for what I'm saying, then I would assume, I would assume the other person will agree with me. <coughs> it's, uh, it's either logical or it's not. And if everyone disagrees, it means that there isn't a compelling logic to any of them. 
Right, so what are these examples? But, uh, but uh, if you look at all the uh, all the names of the Greek philosophers and how they try to explain creation, they're also different things. It gives in I'll just translate into English because that's pronounced in Hebrew. He talks about Pythagoras or Aristotle or Plato, which is Plato, not one of the the ones. The other name he brings is different Rishos. Uh, who exactly is referring to? The Pashas is referring to Socrates. That was the last of the big Greek philosophers. This is all of them didn't agree with each other in this. So there's no there's no compelling, so to speak, uh, philosophical standpoint on explaining creation. And like he explains, there can't be one because it's not something we can recreate to prove how it happened. And there's also we understand it's not something we can really give a sparrow for because we're talking about a world of Ruchnis. <coughs> and therefore he says there isn't really a basis for uh, what the philosophers explain creation. And rather, like he's explained in detail to us, we we have more to understand, to work with when we understand the way the Sefer Torah, uh, the Torah tradition, explains the creation. And even though that's also not completely understood, which is understandable, we're human beings, so we can't understand the non-physical. But at least we have the basis of a Musar, the basis of Musar, and therefore that's what we accept as the as the way to understand or to relate to um, how the Hashem created the world, how it began.